Hi, everybody. Welcome to Schmuffy Schmeek. Schmuffy. We watched <laughs> season seven, episode seven. Yes. Um, conversations with dead people. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Good episode. How did you find it? Uh, I found it fair. I found it very fair. Um, I thought, yeah, I love, I love the episodes where, um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to cut in between. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I also love a Xanderless episode. This is the only episode of Buffy without Xander. I wonder what he was doing. Hmm. They were like, they were like, take a load off. I wonder which dead person he saw. Maybe the Inca mummy girl. Wow. Deep cut. We're going there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, not everybody saw a dead person, did they? Like everybody in Sunnydale? Uh, no, but okay. the Scoobies did. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of assumed that he would see somebody, but he hasn't killed or really had a hand in anybody's death or anything and also Buffy didn't see a dead person it was just she talked to one yeah she had a conversation with one but she didn't see a ghost like Andrew and Dawn and well I guess it wasn't a ghost but Andrew and Dawn and Willow Willow saw one oh god I did not like that That? (laughs) I did not like that at all yeah Okay, so let's start from the beginning. This I feel is like also we should only- go per like story by story. Do you know right, what I mean? Yeah, like follow like Andrew and Jonathan's timeline, then Dawn's and yes. Okay, cool. I agree. Um, but we do start with this is also the only episode that there's ever been like a title screen. Yeah, isn't that yeah, weird? that was strange. It was very strange. Do you know why that happened? I think. Or- well, because Joss wrote part. Joss wrote all of the Buffy scenes. The way they split it okay. up is actually pretty cool. Um, Tell me more. I think Joss wrote the Buffy. Hold on, let me pull up the wiki as per. Um, I know Drew, not Drew, not Andrew, who we were so disappointed with last mm, week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, um, the Drew that we like. Drew Goddard. Wait, is that him? Nope, not Drew Goddard. Yeah, it's a it's a Drew that we like. Um, Drew Goddard, Jane Espenson, Josh. Like Jane. Yeah, Jane. I think wrote um, wrote Dawn. Dawn. I'm pretty sure. Willow. Um, she might have written Willow. Actually, hold on. Sorry. Um, but yeah. So different people wrote different. The page. Uh, it just says. Jane Espenson and Nick uh, Drew Goddard, but I read in my uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Myth, Metaphor, and Morality um, by Mark Field. By Mark Field, uh, oh, I read that um, multiple people wrote the episode. Multiple people wrote the different storylines, and I really liked that. So I'm going to try and find. I'm going to give them credit where it's due. That's super interesting. Um, you can also kind of tell now that you've said it because they all a lot of I mean, of course, a lot of it had to do with just the fact that they were all pretty different storylines. You know, I mean, like so Andrew and Jonathan are oh, returning this is one from of my this is one of my uh, favorite um, quotes from the entire show. 
<laughs> is it um it eats you it eats you starting, starting with, with your, your bottom, bottom. <laughs> yeah i say that's it to patrick really, all the time that's a very great wonderful he moment. says it so solemnly yeah he's just like it eats you starting with your bottom um okay yeah that actor is really good uh yeah he's the best tom okay oh tom marty noxon wrote willow okay um Jane Espenson wrote Dawn. Drew Goddard wrote the trio. Oh, okay. I was like, who's the trio? <laughs> um, <laughs> how, yeah, how quickly Warren. they forget. God damn it. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so yeah, we start off. There's a title sequence. Um, is the intro different, or have I just not been paying attention? Like the... The the no 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 that part. Uh, honestly, I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. Um, if so you know we the start answer, off, please tell us. Yeah, sure. Caroline, cares. we start off. We start off with um, this woman singing at the bronze, and it's got this very cinematic setup. I love and, this song. Yeah, the song is also very good, and so. Joss and I'm also, it. I'm also wondering, co-wrote the song? He did. Oh, that guy. Always he's, writing songs. He's a very good songwriter. Who does he think he is? Lin-Manuel? Who does he think he is? <laughs> um, okay, so she's singing, and it's, like, all very cinematic, and it's, like, kind of showing what everybody's doing. So Buffy's walking through the graveyard as per usual. Spike is drinking at the bar as per usual. Dawn is oh. just hanging. Oh, yeah, Dawn goes and sees a note on the, the cabinet that says money for pizza. No, it says money not for pizza. Oh, 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 here's money for, I think it says here's money for dinner, not pizza. Not pizza. That's what it says. And then she orders pizza, and that's the joke. Yeah. Um, and then Willow is studying in the library, and it's like showing everybody kind of just going about their business, and then at the end of the song, a hand sticks up from the ground in the graveyard, and Buffy goes, here we go. And that's the start of the show. Oh, I love this episode. I love it. It's a strong beginning. The intro was cool. It gives, and then you, a, we, it gives you a vibe that this is a different, is right. different from what it's, what it's been before. Right. And I wonder, my question is, does this continue? Is this... No. I, like, I will say this is really the... Like, stylistically, this is mm-hmm. the only episode like this. I'm also wondering, this kind of feels like the beginning of the end. Yeah, we definitely... Okay. Um, I thought that, too, when I was watching this. Because, like, you know, obviously, since I've known the show... Since I know the show, like, very intimately, I can kind of see the foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's kind of hard for me to, like... To separate, like, um, when regular viewers, you know, like yourself, would start to kind of piece together what's going to happen for the rest of the season. And then with me, like, I'm, like, seeing all these things, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, they planted that. But it's like, they did that for... Interesting. They did that for people who, you know, who are, like, Who are watching this for the thousandth time. Yeah. 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 They didn't, like, it's nothing that you would be able to notice, like, and it's... You know, it's not like a, 
you're a bad TV viewer. No, or of course, of course. Did but, you happen to take note of these things? Because I would be interested in looking at them in retrospect. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a bunch of like season seven clues that yeah. you missed. Top ten clues. <laughs> that Top Buffy ten was anime die. deaths. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So, but especially at the end of this episode with the. I mean, we'll we'll get to it. But like with um, Cassie. Right. That's right. kind of you you're kind of like, "Oh, well, this is what this season is about." Right. And about this thing that can take the hmm. form of So it doesn't have to be well, okay, because I was going to say does it take the form of beings who have died? And then I was like, "Oh, well no, because it was Buffy in the first season, but Buffy's but Buffy died a couple has of died. times." Yeah. So but also, does that mean that Cassie and Warren are in the same space in the afterlife? Like, does that mean that... Um, I don't know. Cassie's in... Okay. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, they don't really answer, like, the what happens, you know? Was it was it Joyce as well in this episode? Yeah. Or was it... It was Joyce as well? Yeah. Okay. So, the dead people in the conversations with dead people are Joyce, yes. Warren... Cassie. Cassie. Um. And Webster. And, yeah, Webbs. Uh. Who I just adored, by the way. Favorite guest actor in. Yeah. Forever. I mean, Cassie was great, too. She was amazing in a different way. But he is just charming as hell. He is so fun to watch. Right, right. Cassie was so much more endearing. Yeah. And, like, I cared for her, and I was like, I wanted to get to know her more. But, like, with this guy, I was like, oh, it's going to be good to watch him die. Like, Mm -hmm. this is going to be good, you know? So, it's just a totally different thing, but I'll still, I give him MVP for the the show, really. Yeah. Like, talk about a lasting impression. He's one of my favorite, and that's one of those, that's why I love this episode so much. It's one of those episodes where, like, it's like, um, uh, what even is it called? The Weeping Angels episode of, of mm. Doctor Who mm-hmm. with Carrie Mulligan. Everyone remembers Carrie Mulligan's character. Also because that episode is very memorable in general. Yeah, I definitely remember the Weeping Angels a lot more than I remembered Carrie Mulligan, though. But I do remember that that's where she got her start. That's where I was like, oh my god, I want short hair. What if I was blonde? That's what I was like. What if I was blonde and looked like Carrie Mulligan? Yeah, what if I just got um, plastic surgery to make myself look exactly like (laughs) Carrie Mulligan does? What if I married Marcus Mumford? You know, these are the questions. What if I starred in Never Let Me Go? Um, With Andrew Garfield? And Kira Knightley? Eh, I'll take or leave, Kira. Ugh. You bite your tongue. Um, mm, I did earlier, and it's kind of swollen. Thank you oh, for no. noticing. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so I think that we should start with Dawn's storyline. Okay, Dawn. So Dawn is, like, hanging out at home. She's doing the thing that teens do. Yeah, you know teens. You know teens. They heat <laughs> you know marshmallows teens, they up. Order. This is genuinely what my sister used to do. She would heat marshmallows up in the microwave and just watch them. Well, it did look cool. I... I've definitely done it before, but, like, if somebody asked me what happens when you put a marshmallow in the microwave, my first instinct wouldn't be, like, oh, it swells up and goes everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I would be, like, it probably puffs up a little. I didn't know it would puff up that much, though. What? 
what even is in a marshmallow? Gelatin, right? Gelatin horse, and sugar. horse parts. Yeah, horse parts. That's what that is. Sure. I'll still eat a marshmallow though. I'll eat. You a, can't. I'll you can't get me away from a can't. You can't get me away from a campfire with some marshmallows around it. We I'll would, tell you what. We would always s'more get, s'mores, please. Um. The most popular product at my bakery was hot chocolate with marshmallows. Yes, they had those big ones, the big squares. Yeah, we would always get, do you have vegan marshmallows? And we would mm-hmm. always be like, no. And they would get mad at us. And I'm like, I don't make the do marshmallows. Do you have vegan marshmallows? I know, I'm like, you're drinking hot chocolate. That has milk yeah. in it. <laughs> Unbelievable. We can't make the hot chocolate not have milk. So Dawn is, oh my god, if you make hot chocolate with water instead of milk, you are missing out. Yeah. You are absolutely missing out. This is a problem that I've, I've recently encountered because I was taught how to use an espresso machine. Uh-huh. And now I make dope-ass lattes every day. Oh, if you've so ever listen, you. Invite me over to your house. If you've got an espresso machine, I will make you a latte. I It'll have an espresso great. machine. Oh my god. It's tiny. That's okay. I'll make you a tiny latte. I I usually I use it for ice lattes. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, so <laughs> I would go and do these, and I you know it's just espresso with like milk and foam in it. Uh-huh. And now when I drink normal coffee, I'm like, this is just water. Uh huh. It just tastes so watered down. So anyway, I'm a convert. I'm an espresso convert. I'm is so what I'm glad. Trying to say it here. took you forever. It took you long enough. It really did take me a really long time. I was like, oh, just a cup of joe will be fine. First of all, I'm faster than I've ever been. I've <laughs> never been so fast in my life. <laughs> Second of all, I did have to start drinking less of them. That's actually been a pack that I had to make with myself yesterday because um, I have anxiety and my stomach cramps a lot. And when you drink a lot of espresso, yep. it makes your anxiety worse. And also coffee like isn't great for your stomach. It wrecks and so, your bowels. It really, your bowels. <laughs> my bowels are going to be sent home with a folded American flag because they're, they've been... They've been taken down at war. <laughs> George <laughs> Bush is, is going to give a speech at their funeral about my bowels to their country. Caroline's bowels <laughs> served us well. Can I tell you something? But unfortunately, she wouldn't stop even whenever she knew that things were getting bad. Um, but that's actually not the point. I am stopping. I am cutting back. Also, my teeth are getting yellow, and like that's just one of the flaws that I just can't. Mm-hmm. allow myself to you know like some people have things like some people are like i have a zit i can't go outside today you know yeah. i'm like i have yellow teeth yeah <laughs> i need to brush with baking soda and i did buy baking soda at the store yesterday so Good. stay tuned for my teeth whitening listen <laughs> listen to my teeth whitening podcast <laughs> um what Caroline, were shiny oh, she's in her She's, she's, Dawn is at home and she's microwaving marshmallows and she did, she totally ordered pizza when she was not supposed to. Anchovies, anchovies, you're so delicious. I love you more than all the other fishes. So cute. So cute. We love it. Dawn's stand. Dawn's the best. And then she's fucking around with the weapons too, obviously, but Mm -hmm. I feel like she, you'd think that she'd be over it by now, but I guess. It's just fun to be home alone. It's just fun to be home alone. It's so fun to be home alone. You know what's terrible, though? What? When you've thought that you've been home alone for hours, and then somebody comes out of their room that you didn't check, and you're like, (laughs) 
how long have you been here? How long and have you been like, here? And, what did and you they're hear? like, longer than you have. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just got to like act like nothing happened, even though you know and they know and they know you know and you know they know that you know. So mm-hmm. that's... I'm not speaking from experience, obviously, but... <laughs> yeah, not with your 20 siblings. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, um, she's singing out, she's having fun, she's shooting crossbows into the walls. Yeah. And then she hears a big old bang, and it's just kind of getting louder and louder, and she's watching horror movies, and she's on the phone, and then she just keeps hearing it. Yeah, she's on the phone with, um, her friend... Kit. Kit, yeah, from, um, from, uh... Another episode. So it's nice that she still has friends. Yeah, good for Dawn for staying Um, socialized in spite of it all. Yeah, so so she's talking and she's like, she is so going to die. And you don't hear the other side of the conversation. She's like, she so is. He is so totally a psychopath. And and then she just like, she's quiet. And she goes, that's not Tom Hanks. And then she she waits again, and she goes, what channel are you on? Yeah. And they realize that they're watching separate movies, yes. and it's funny. And it's then you funny. hear the bang again, and then Dawn, like, kind of goes looking because, oh, yeah, all the elect- all the electronics start freaking out. So, like, she, the TV, she mutes the TV. But it's still, And then goes to check yeah. the door, and, like, the door gets blown open by, like, a gust of wind. And then uh, the TV unmutes, and then she goes over and she unplugs the TV, but the TV is still on. And then the microwave starts freaking out, and the radio starts freaking out. And then Joyce's voice comes through oh, and goes, oh. Dawn? Which I just can't fucking believe, to be perfectly honest with you. That was... I mean, I could because I saw the word Joyce in the episode description as I was clicking play. <gasps> no! I make an effort to not know, read those not things. It's not your fault. It's, it why did they Joyce, do that? I know. It says, like... It doesn't say all of it, but it says, after Joyce appears in the in the Summer's living room... What on Something, earth? something. And I was like, That is why? such a spoiler. That part is so sad. Like, the way she just, yeah. goes, she just goes, Mom? Yeah. Ugh! It's not good. Um, and so, then what? Let's see. So she's panicking. She's destroying everything. Joyce's voice comes through the radio. I, then, yeah, I'm like, well, okay, so what would you do? I want to know. I really want to know genuinely what you would do if you were if trying If I'm to, Dawn? Yeah, if you were trying to turn your TV off. And it wouldn't turn off. Would you smash it with a sledgehammer? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, me neither. Second of all, it's an axe. It's an axe, excuse which me. Is, which is much more handleable than a yeah. sledgehammer, I yeah. think. Um, has a lot, like, less weight to it. Mm-hmm. More balance, you know. Yeah. Typical D&D stuff. <laughs> um so, no, I would not smash it. I would not smash it. I would definitely, like, if I'm in my house right now and, like, my electronics start freaking out, I would go and get, like, some hippie shit that I have and that my aunt has, and I'd light it. You and, like, sage the apartment? Yeah, I'd smudge the room. I live in a house now. Excuse you. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. Oh, you should be. Uh, so, 
yeah, I'd smudge, and I would also be, I think the thing with ghosts, and I know that this thing wasn't a ghost, but I would assume that it was a ghost if yeah. this was happening. Yeah. I understand that it's the Hellmouth incarnate, but um, I would be, the trick I've heard is to is to speak with a calm, clear voice. I've met a few witches in my time in California, <laughs> and I've heard that that's what you're supposed to do, and you're supposed to be like, is anyone there? And you're supposed to, because the witches that I interact with are all, like, forest witches. They're all, like, kind-hearted people. Uh-huh. Except, except for my aunt. She's a little, she's a force to be reckoned with. Uh-huh. So she says that, like, oh, the spirits would only act out at you if they were, like, scared or something. And so supposedly the trick is to be like you're safe here can i do you need help and like yeah to ask them and to offer to like be of assistance but you know it's all fun and games until you say oh i'll help you and then they possess your body Mm. and it's like oh you want to help me i know how you can help because guess what evil ghost plot twist (laughs) should have stayed inside (laughs) have you ever seen a ghost have i ever seen a ghost yes I don't think so. I, I have not. You have not? No. It's unfortunate. I'd like to someday. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't even, I don't know if I have or not. You don't fuck with that. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. And I'm like, you know, if it exists, if they exist, they exist. And if they don't, they don't. And either way, I'm just happy doing my thing. I would say... The only reason that, mm, listen, we're going to go down a long path here if we start talking about whether or not ghosts are real. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. So Dawn. Yes. She smashes all the shit. What would you do? You'd I, hide. You'd hide and you'd act like it wasn't happening. I well, don't even actually, pretend. I've gotten, more, I've gotten more bold because I live alone oh, now. Oh. Um, by the way. Did you get your conceal and carry license? Jeez. Oh, um, I'm joking. Uh, I, because, like, people will, like, I've had twice now someone ding-dong ditch me. <laughs> Caroline I almost just died. <laughs> that was the you're like, funniest reaction. You're like the old lady on the block that's like, well, I, I hey, don't know. you want to go fuck with old man Lindley? <laughs> <laughs> I think they must do it to everyone. Because oh, for sure. Definitely. It's the, just some piece of shit kids who have nothing better to do in Brunswick, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to do. But, like, so it's happened to me twice now. And normally I either get Patrick uh, to go do it for me, but he's not here. He's back in Birmingham. And so I'm like, I'm the man of the house. <laughs> I have to deal with this myself. You're your own man. I'm my own man now. This um, is what Cher always wanted for us. Yes. From Clueless, <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, like, last, not last night, but the night night before, anyway, doesn't matter, but I heard, um... Do you have I, a doorbell? I do have a doorbell, yeah. Okay. Um, so I heard the doorbell, and then I went down, and I, I went down, and I opened the door, and I looked around... And What's ha- your setup like? Is it like a two-story? It is. It's a townhouse. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So my bedroom's upstairs. The living room's downstairs. I went downstairs. I opened the door. There was no one there. And I figured 
I know there are a lot of kids that live around here, so I'm figuring it's just teens having a gay old time. But um, normally I wouldn't do that. And then I heard something like bump the other night and I got up and I investigated. And I'm not. You know what you need? You need a baseball bat. Mm, I need a Negan. I don't know anything about The Walking Dead, but I know that Negan has a baseball bat with nails. Oh, I was like, Beth, you were not allowed to say that word. Oh, geez, shut up. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, bat with nails. I'll get you that for your birthday. Thank you. Actually. I already got you a Christmas present. 27. So. Yeah. Um, 20, for your 27th. <laughs> what you get for your 27th birthday? A bat. Uh, Gift card to Sephora, a bat with nails at the end. I, uh, yeah. Well, sometimes I do, like, I, like, if I'm in a bathroom or something and the um, shower curtain is drawn, I always check to see if there's anyone in the tub waiting to kill me, a la Psycho. Mm, what would you do <laughs> if well, you opened okay. it? I know what I would do. And there would, was a person in there. I would take the, if I could react fast enough, I would take the lid of the toilet and mm, bash it yeah, over their head. a la zombie land. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I would bash it over it because it's heavy ceramic. It'll really yeah. mess you up. Yeah. I think that you should hide weapons all throughout your townhouse. Mm. And then you'll never be unprepared. I think that's a good idea. Let me see All what I have Dwight next true. to me. What I have next to me is I have a pretty substantial water bottle that could probably do some damage if I hit them hard enough. Yeah. I have a lighter, which if they mm. stayed still long enough. If you have hairspray, you're in business. Ooh, I have dry shampoo. I think that'll work, actually. It's an aerosol. I think it's just the aerosol, yeah. yeah. Well... Well, what do you know? Um, also, there's only one way to find out, so we'll have to do that after the podcast. Discussion. Yeah. So what's Dawn up to? Dawn is, um... Oh my god, the scary thing has her! You see her for a second! You see the you see the thing! Yeah, so she hears... She goes, Ugh. like, she hears Dawn over the radio, and she goes, Mom! And you're like, oh no. Um, and so she... Uh... Is it before or after you see her mom that she starts talking to her? She's like, flat, you know, bang once for yes and twice That's for no. That's before. So she's like, my mom is trying to tell me something. And yeah. she, um, she's like, mom, bang one, bang like once for yes, twice for no. Is that you? And she bangs once and she goes, are you alone? No, she says, she says, is it you? And she says, yes. And she says, are you okay? And she says, no. Yeah. And then she says, are you alone? And she says, no. And that's when the evening went from bad to worse. Mm -hmm. And she's walking. Oh my God. There's also, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Whenever she's on the phone with her friend and she's watching the movie, there's this really cool effect where the camera pans down, like, Dawn, like, reaches down to get another bite of her marshmallow or something. And the camera follows her down, and then whenever it comes back up, Dawn's... I mean, sorry, Joyce's quote-unquote corpse, yeah, the body is, like, where it was when it died. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy. It's one shot. I don't know... I don't know how they did it. Yeah, and then when she... Yeah, um... And then there's all the flashing, and you see, like, this horrible thing. Yeah. On top of Joyce, and it's just coming in flashes. It's just like this big black 
creature. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, kind of got Joyce by the throat, and it's, like, kind of holding her down. And then Dawn's like, my mom needs to talk to me! And he's like, get out! And then she runs, but then she stops, and she turns around, and she goes, no, she's my mother, and I won't leave her. Yeah. Remember when she was just a ball of energy? Mm. And now she's, she's come gr- so far. She's grown so much. She's grown so far. So she gets some spell stuff. She gets some cleansing stuff. She casts a beautiful spell. It's like, I cast you out with the strength I have inside me. I cast you out with the strength of those who love me. I cast you out with blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she and says, like, I cast you out with... Uh, the, the last one is, like, I cast you out with the strength I have inside me. Yeah, and it's, like, the, like, all the things that are good cast you out or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't and know. And then she's, like, it is the flesh from your, she, she's casting her, it's a, yeah, it's a really cool spell. And yeah. so, um, I read the thing and it, it says, like, you know, you get the sense that she's learned, she's learning a lot from, um, the Scoobies, like, I think Willow's kind of taught her some magic, I mean, because this isn't black magic. It's just banishing a demon. Yeah. So. That's some supernatural Yeah, stuff. yeah. So she, the show. Yes, not. exactly. Well, it yeah. it is both. Um, yes. <laughs> so she, um, so she learns that from Willow and she's, she's, um, learned some weapon stuff. Like, you know, the, the, the season literally opens with her fighting with Buffy, like literally fighting a vampire. Right. And then later in the show, I for, or later in the season, I forgot she she is shown to know Sumerian, which um, Giles probably taught her. Right. So, um, so she's come a long way. I'm really, really proud. Of, like, genuinely, like, this sounds sarcastic. I'm, like, genuinely actually proud of her as a character. She's come <laughs> a really long way in just, in just, like, a season and a half. Um, or, well, I guess, I guess it would be two seasons now two full seasons that she's been on the show. Yeah. Um, So she, like, she finishes the spell and, like, the thing is quote-unquote leaving. That's what it looks like, anyway. And um, and she's screaming, like, yeah, die! Die, you bastard! And then it, like, explodes and blood goes everywhere and it's fucking awesome. And it's also beating the shit out of Dawn while she's casting the spell. It reminds me of when Willow um, did the spell to raise Buffy. Yeah, I agree. Except it's not as sinister. I mean, it is sinister, but it's not as, like... It's not coming from inside her. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Dawn's, like, bleeding and stuff, and she casts it out, and then she's, like, waiting for her mom to appear, and Joyce appears in, like, this glowing, angelic light, and is like, I came to warn you, when things get hard, Buffy will not choose you. Yeah, she won't be there for you. Yeah, Buffy will not be there for you when things get hard. She will not choose you. She will be against you. Yeah. And then she disappears. And and Dawn is just devastated. Yeah. And I'm wondering what's going to happen because obviously Willow is the only one that figured out that yeah. her apparition that she was looking at was not who she thought it was, who it was seeming to be. And that makes sense because of all of her experience with the other world and all that. And, um, just as far as being in tune and also, well, also I, because she's like, Tara wouldn't tell me that's yeah. Okay. So I think we should, I want to talk about that next. I want to talk about Willow. Okay. Let's do Willow. 
Okay, so Willow is studying in a library. She's um, back in class, if you'll remember. She um, thinks she's fallen asleep. Um, but, uh, so Cassie comes out from behind, like, the stacks. And she goes, so this is the UC Sunnydale library. It's big. And Willow's like, hey. Like, she's very like, what? What? <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, wait, I know you, or I saw your picture. And and yeah. Cassie starts talking, and... Um, yeah, she goes, they, she like, asked me to... Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. She says, she asked me to talk to you. And Willow kind of is like, you can tell, like, Tara is the first place she goes to, but she doesn't... It's, like, too good to be true, right? So yeah. she's like, who? And it is. Yeah, yeah, for real. She's like, who did? And she's like... She says she still sings. Um, and Willow's like almost sobbing. She's like, What? And she's like, You remember on the bridge when you sang to each other? She says she still sings even though you can't hear her. And Willow is like, Ha, ha, ah, ah. <laughs> like, she's like very, I mean, she's not panicking. She clearly is on the inside, but she's just kind of like unbelieving kind of she's like Tara um and Cassie is like you know she's like where are you where are you Tara and she's like she can't come and Willow's like why not and she goes because of what you did yeah Yeah, which is that's when I started to be like did you really like did you like honestly did you actually suspect something yeah yeah yeah. Good for you. Well, just because, I mean, because of the way that the show is, yeah. first of all. And also whenever she was like, Tara can't come because you killed people. I'm like, then why could she see Cassie? Because yeah, Cassie exactly. is psychic or something like that? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, Cassie was still, at the end of the day, a good person. Yeah, she and, was. She's a really good yeah, person. Yeah, so, like, there's no, there's no, like moral code to this obviously so the fact that willow killed somebody and that's why she can't see tara that's weird and so i was like but also i'm wondering why the thing didn't just um take the form of tara Mm -hmm. you know yeah um maybe it wouldn't have been effective maybe she would have been able to see through it faster oh i found i guess this is a um what what is it sorry i i think i found the original script because amber benson um amber benson was asked to come back and play tara but she didn't want tara's last appearance on the show for her to be evil oh so she well she's not actually evil it's the it's the image of it he's taking this thing is taking the form Mm mm-hmm of her, so it's not Tara that's evil. That's a little silly, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, Amber Benson. Yeah, you should have come on the show, Bite crazy. Me. Um, no, she was a lovely. Oh God, do you hear that? No, I don't. There's a car parked outside my apartment building that's just blasting music. They do it every night. I don't understand. Wow, wow, those pesky neighbors, Beth. You really are the old man on the block. I am. I'm yeah, that's why you're getting ding dong ditched. <laughs> you deserve it. That's what I've learned. Um, 
Okay, so yeah, she goes, she's sorry, she's sorry she couldn't come herself, and then she says, why didn't she? And she goes, she just can't, because of what you did. You killed people, you can't see her, that's just how it is, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, that doesn't make sense at all, there's no logic there. Um, and Willow goes, uh, but she's talking to you and she can hear me, and then she's crying, and she yeah. she's like, I miss you so much, like, I miss you, and, um... And then Cassie's just kind of staring at her. And Will's like, what? What is she saying? And she goes, she's crying. And that makes Willow cry harder. Um, And and she says the thing about how she's got this big hole inside of her. And she thought it would get better, but it's only getting worse. Um, And and then Willow... She says, like, this is my... um, I love this, but... Uh, she's like, yeah, I've got this giant hole and it's not getting better. And Cassie's like, it can, it will. And she goes, how? You're gone. And Cassie goes, but you're not. You're strong like an Amazon, remember? Which is what Tara said to Willow after Joyce's death. Um, right. And so a little callback. Yeah. How and does I'm, this guy know all of this? This see, creepy and, creature. And that's the thing. Well, and I don't know if this is just a fault on the part of the writers, because Tara and Willow didn't sing to each other. Tara yeah, just sang to Willow. Yeah, about because being Allison under Hannigan spell. didn't want to sing, so they didn't make her like she. She didn't have like a lot of parts. Right, just the part at the end. Yeah, um, and some parts at the beginning. So whatever. Who's keeping track? <laughs> whatever. Um. Uh, but, um, so I guess you could, you could see that as like, oh, they just forgot. But, um, uh, Mark Field said that, um, that that's your first clue that, um. It's not. Yeah, that it's not really Tara. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just weird whenever she was like, oh, yeah, Tara's here, but you can't see her. That's what I thought was weird. Yeah. Um. So then Willow is like, well, do you remember what happened? It's been so hard. You were shot. And she's like, why are you here? How'd you get here? And then Cassie's like, well, that's why we had to come. We had to warn you because everything is clearer where we are. And she says, we can see your path. And... Um, you have to never use magic again. And Willow's like, why? Why? Is everything going to be okay? And she's, like, talking about what Giles has taught her and about what she's learned and about how going cold turkey is kind of even more dangerous because then it's, like, it builds up, you know? Yeah. As opposed to, like, using it for good and, like, connecting to the good possibilities of it, you know, the earthen qualities and... Mm -hmm yada yada and so she's like trying to explain all that and she's like aren't i gonna be okay and then tara supposedly says no you're not gonna be okay okay you're gonna kill everyone you're gonna kill everybody every single person you're gonna kill them all which is willow's worst nightmare yeah i i have i've watched this episode this is one of my most watched episodes of seasons it's i mean it's just it's my favorite season seven episode but i have i didn't realize because i haven't watched it in a while i have cassie's inflection 
for because she has such an interesting the actress has such an interesting way of speaking I have her inflection down for like all of those scenes she's like no it's not gonna be okay yeah you're gonna she's kill like, everyone yeah she's a very interesting actor she's got an interesting face and like the way that she speaks and the way that her mouth moves when she speaks is really interesting too mm-hmm. and then yeah and then later I didn't realize I had all of her like uh she's like this whole good versus evil balancing the scale thing, I'm done. I'm done with the mortal coil. I have that whole thing memorized and I didn't realize it. <laughs> um, but so, so um, she's like, you're going to kill everyone. You have to stop magic. You can't ever use magic again. And Willow's like, I can't do that. She's like, yeah. I, I can't. She's like, I tried to do that and it did not work. Yeah, the only, like... <laughs> Like, she was cold turkey for, like, I think, like, two months or something when Tara died. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's doing really well. And then um, Cassie's like, well, there is one other thing that you could do. And she tells her to kill herself. And then Willow, well, she implies it. I and love, then Willow stands I, up. Allison Hannigan freaking nails Nails this. it. Yeah, big time. And so she, like, stands up slowly and she's like... Who she, are you? The The camera angle is great. It, yeah. Because Willow stands up, but the camera stays kind of at the table level. Yeah. And it just angles up to her. And so she looks very menacing, and she's looking down at Cassie, and she goes, who are you? Yeah. And, it's a great moment. And I, we're, since we're, we're kind of losing the, like, dramatic tension of some of these scenes because we're not going, like, cut to blank. But, right, like, yeah, of course. Because after Cassie tells her you're going to kill everyone, it cuts to another scene. And then after, no, it doesn't cut here, but, um, but Willow goes, who are you? And Cassie goes, suicide thing was too much. Oh, no, it does cut, doesn't it? Let me have to, let me um, let me reference the script. Yeah, it does. It does. No, I'm looking at it, and um, or I'm looking at my notes, and so she realizes that it's not Cassie yeah, and Tara that's talking. To, it cuts to us. It cuts to um, Buffy and Webs. Buffy and Webs when when um, when he's like, when what he's you like know, Spike? Spike? Yeah, and she's yeah. kind and of then, like this dawning horror. So it's like everyone is kind of like, uh. Um, yeah, because, oh, right. Oh, okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. So it cuts to what that guy told um, Buffy, Buffy, and then it cuts to after he says that... Um, he sired that, him. Yeah, then it cuts to Spike, and Spike is draining a woman, mm. which is crazy yep. to see. Um, it's not good, I'll tell you that much. It's not great! It's not great. And then um, and then it cuts to Joyce being before Dawn and being like, Buffy's not going to pick you. And then it cuts... Oh, and then it cuts to Andrew and Jonathan, which we'll get to. And then it cuts back to Cassie and Willow. So this is, like, an, one of the things I really like about the episodes because what starts to frustrate me is whenever they, like... Like, there's a really simple solution, and they're, like, arguing instead of doing the thing or whatever. Like, whenever there's extra room that you have to fill in order to, like, maintain the show format. Which is fine, I understand it. But that's what makes my least 
my lesser favorite episodes my lesser favorites and that's what makes like really tight episodes like this that's like okay we got to get the point and then we got to get out you know that's what i really like i like a fast-paced tv Mm -hmm. show and so um and you know i guess you really can't have one without the other so i learned something new by listening to myself (laughs) ramble um but yeah then it cuts back and cassie's like the suicide thing was too much, huh? And she, like, kind of breaks character, and she makes fun of Willow for everything that Willow was saying about missing Tara. And yeah, she goes, she's I've like, got oh, a hole baby. inside me. The hole inside, it, it hurts so bad. Yeah, and then she has a big spiel about, or she says, yeah, she well, she goes like, on this big spiel like, about. I stand by my opinion. The world would be, would be better if you took a razor to your wrist. Risk, yeah. wrist, wrist, and she's like, I can just see you now, sitting on your bed, candles lit, the indigo girls playing, your blood, a bloody picture of your dead girlfriend in your lap, and yeah. it's very it's, it's creepy. It's super creepy. Plus, the actress does creepy. She's well. so good. She's really good. Her, and so she, um, yeah. So she like comes clean and goes on this rant about how she's evil and about how they don't even know what's coming and then yeah, she goes um, um willow says from beneath you it devours and she goes not it me and then she turns inside out and disappears yeah. into thin air yeah. she like could she warps in on herself and disappears into a point yeah like um what am i thinking of that does that i don't know I can see it so clearly in my head, but I can't see. What's the it from? Apparition. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be. I do think that's apparition it. is like that, except for the turning inside out. But it's getting sucked into like a singular point. Right. Yeah, and it's like kind of got the same effect. It, that is what I was thinking of. Thank yeah, you. The um the speech. I love what she says. So she goes, "Oh, baby, you left a big hole. It hurts so bad." You don't know her. This last year is going to seem like cake after what I put you and your friends through, and I am not a fan of easy death. Fact right. is, the whole good versus evil balancing the scales thing, I'm done. I'm over it. Or, I'm over it. I'm done with the mortal coil. But believe me, I'm going for a big finish. And that's when Willow realizes that this is the big bad. This yeah. is... She goes, from beneath you, it devours. And Cassie has great delivery. She goes, oh, not it. Me. And then she warps in on herself. It's right. very, it's such a good final act. Um, I feel like that. I feel like that's the most effective. Like, um, oh, I don't know. Okay, do you want to do Buffy or the trio next? Buffy. Okay, Buffy. So Buffy, at the beginning of the episode, she sees a vampire race um, rise from his grave, and she's like, mm, "Okay, here we go." And then they're fighting, but the vampire kind of stops. And he's like, Buffy? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and and apparently this guy's name is Holden Webster, and he went to, he went to Sunnydale High. And um, he was in Buffy's grade and recognized her, but she didn't... She, one of the kind of jokes of this... It's this... Um, for once in her life, Buffy kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's heavy kind of, um, it's introspective, but for once in her life, she's not dealing with the abject horror that like Willow and Dawn are going through. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like 
because hers is definitely the lightest of the bunch of them in no small yeah, part definitely. due to the actor who plays Holden. He right. is so good. He's, yeah, he's, he's incredible. Like, he's so lighthearted. Just like some of the lines too. That part must have been so much fun. Yeah. When he's like, oh my God, I wonder if we'll become nemeses. Yeah, like which, huge which stuff actually, like that. I didn't like, realize when I watched it because he goes, I wonder if we'll become nemeses. And she goes, is that how you pronounce it? It's a callback to when Warren couldn't pronounce nemeses in season six. Oh my God. There's a scene where Warren is like, we're your nemeses. Like, there's a scene where he does that. That's hilarious. I didn't catch that. I didn't either. It took two different internet people pointing it out to me, too. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, and he, he has such, he's like, she's like, so what have you been up to? And he's like, well, dying, apparently. Um, yeah, majoring in psych at Dartmouth, really enjoying that. Yeah, um, he's, and he's like... Took some t- time off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I took a year off to do a residency at Sunnydale Mental Hospital, and she's like, oh, I bet that's a poppin' joint. And he goes, yeah, I keep saying we should get a velvet rope and a bouncer, which is a good joke. Yeah. Um, And he's like, so, uh, what about you? Uh, No, 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 he's like, you know, I feel really... Con- he's like, you know, I'm a... I'm a vampire. I feel really connected to all this, you know, ancient primal evil. He's like, what about you? And she's like, mm, not so much connected. He's like, no, I mean, like, why Why do you have a stake? <laughs> like, what's your deal? Yeah, and she explains that she's the slayer. And then he says, oh, you've been a slayer the whole time? And she says, not a slayer, the slayer. And he's like, whoa. And she kind of, like, tells him what went on in high school and stuff. And then it, like, cuts away. And they're they're just, like, kind of catching up. And it's like, oh, my God, they're really just chatting. Yeah, they're, they're really just chatting. Yeah. And then... Um, he's handling being a vampire better than most newborns are. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And then it cuts away to, like, a bunch of other people. And then when it cuts back, um, Buffy is laying on a grave. And he's <laughs> sitting, like, next to her. And it looks like a therapist's office. It's so and cool. <laughs> it's funny. It's really clever. And so, um, and he's like, uh, okay, so let's talk about your parents. Like, is it all relationships? And she tells him all about her fucking boy problems. Yeah, well, because he's, because, um, what is, what does he say to her that prompts that? Oh, she has a superiority complex. That's what, that's what makes her start being like, I do not. And then he's like, yeah, you do. Let's talk about it. And he's like asking her all these questions mm-hmm. and yeah. um um oh and she's see. like i don't want to say i don't want to say and he goes buffy i'm here to kill you not judge you yeah which is another great part uh, and then while she's rambling about her father and her boyfriend she's and not how she rambling a- she doesn't have anyone to talk to no i know but like that's how that's what happens when you don't have anybody to talk to and then you start talking to somebody so you end up really rambling and mm-hmm. so I don't mean rambling as in like, man, this bitch goes on and on. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But she's she's monologuing. And um, and then the guy picks something up. He picks like a stone statue off of one of the graves and yeah. turns around and smashes Buffy in the face with it. And they start fighting again. Um, yeah. Then it cuts away. Then it cuts away. Um, oh, and then they fight a little bit and she tackles him through 
some stained glass, which is a good effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they, like, stop, and they're, oh, she gets one over on him, and she's, like, about to kill him, and she's, like, <laughs> and he goes, are you killing me because you're the Slayer, or are you killing me because you opened up to me? Yeah. And she's, like, ugh! And then she walks away, and she can't kill him. And then he's, like, I want to ask you something, and if I'm right, well, I get to okay. ask I think any we need questions. To, I think we need to rewind a little bit because okay. we've kind of skipped over a lot of what they talk about which I mean some of it is like you know it's about her I parents. feel like it's all old news well yeah but it's it's I like I liked getting Buffy's perspective on it we never really get her perspective I mean like we literally do because we see it's her show yeah yeah but like we never get her thoughts really and so um uh like they're talking about relationships and I mean, like, we've always known, like, because Riley, like, he was like, you, um, he's like, you don't, he basically said, like, you don't, you, you don't let anyone in, you know, he's like, you don't even love me, um, and whatever, we don't have time, we don't have time. We don't. (laughs) To get into Riley. There's no time. Um, but, uh, but she's like, you know, my parents, she's like, my parents got divorced when I was really young, um, uh, and she's like, and I think there are people out there who would make it. I just target the impossible ones. And he's like, um, and she, he's like, maybe you're trying to protect yourself uh, from committing. And she's like, I'm committed, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's like, so it's their fault. And she's like, no. <laughs> uh, but then, like, you know, they, they talk and all of this stuff. And he says, you know, like, uh He's like, well, I have a girlfriend at college, and he's like, she's so cool, I love her, but, like, we're young, and it doesn't really mean that, like, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with her. I, it's right. Not a, he's like, I'm just gonna vampify her. I agree her. That, that that's definitely something that Buffy needed to hear, because she's really like, uh, I it's blew it with Angel, and yeah. it's like, the odds of you marrying the person that you lose your virginity to are slim to none. And so small. She's, like, so wrapped up in him, and I understand why. I mean, also just, like, the trauma around him is a whole nother thing. We don't have time, but (laughs) it's, um, yeah, so she, like, she's just really caught on, like, oh, I blew it, and if only I was like this, and if only I wasn't the Slayer, and, like, you forget a lot of the time that she's 21 or 22 Mm -hmm. now, because she's played by somebody who's not 21 but yeah i mean sarah michelle geller is only like a year or two older than the character she still i feel like she still looks looks older she looks older her face is very thin at this point yeah um but i uh, mean i'm 22 and people are like so are you in school yeah yeah. oh me too people think i'm younger than i am um even though i like half my hair is gray now it's crazy um but, Half uh, your hair is not gray. I'm it is. At you. I gen- I have genuinely in the last year I have gotten more gray hairs than like ever in my life. It's crazy. Well, if you saw me in person, wanted, you would be able to see it. Um, you've always wanted silver hair. I know, but I'm like now I'm like, but is it worth it? It looks. I mean, like now that it's like slowly coming in all at once, it looks weird. <laughs> but, uh, you can definitely dye it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm considering it. But in any case, um, <laughs> uh, she, he's like, I'm not going to vampify her. Oh. And she goes, sire. And he's like, what? 
and she's like when you when you turn someone into a vampire it's called you you sire them and he's he's like oh and she's like it's a noun too <laughs> and she's like and he's like i'm learning so much and it's a very cute exchange but it comes back it pays pays off in dividends at the end of the episode um but uh then they have a great exchange where um he they're kind of joking and kind of she's she's got that cute buffy smile that i love that's kind of like half there and she's you know whatever and and they're quiet for like a moment and he goes we're gonna have to fight to the death aren't we she goes yeah oh yeah and he's like he's like i don't mean i don't mean to be a, a downer but why are you so sad about this and he's like is it because we're gonna have to fight and she goes it's because i'm gonna win yeah and oh and that's when he says oh you have a superiority complex yeah he's like whoa he's like two years of taekwondo and vamp strength he's like i think not he goes i think someone's counting their chickens yeah that is what he says god what a schmoozer I love him. Um, I think he would be a really good therapist. It's too bad that he's dead now. It is too bad, isn't it? Um, but, uh, but, but he, you know, she's like, I can't let you leave the graveyard. You're a vampire. And that, that this is just how the thing goes. It, it be like this sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then they're fighting and he's like, tell me whose fault was your parents' divorce? She, he's like top of your head just you know whatever and she's like my dad <laughs> and then they just sit down and keep talking yeah um, yeah and they talk about that um and uh and then he's like so he's like guys aren't worth it guys aren't worth the pain so you you enter into every relationship subconsciously knowing that it will end um and she's like, no, you know, she does the thing that everyone does when you hear something about yourself that you don't like, you know, like you don't want to hear that you're closed off, even though everyone's been telling her that. Um, I love Buffy, but she can. That, that I is, think if everybody stopped telling her that she was closed off, she might open up a little bit. I think, yeah, I get really defensive about her because people I, I understand that she's not faultless. But as I think, you know, as viewers, we're like, I don't know, I'm supposed to see her side. And I really get really defensive when people are like, um, it's, it's just like, I don't know. I just, I hate when people try and tell her about her when, even though they like have been around for a bunch of stuff, they have no idea like how hard the choices that she has to make are. Right, and the thing is, is that they don't even realize that they're doing it, but they're always like, Buffy, what do we do? Buffy, what do we do? And then later they're like, Buffy, you make all the decisions. And she goes, yeah, because y'all don't fucking help. Like, y'all help with the logistics as far as figuring out, like, who the big bad is and, like, where it is and how to kill it. That's great. But, like, when all is said and done, like, I'm the one that had to kill Angel and I'm the one that had to go after Willow and, like, yeah, Xander ended up taking her down, but it was a fucking accident. That was not the plan. You yeah. know, it was a it was a last ditch effort because Buffy was trapped on the other side of the city or wherever. So mm-hmm. like this is not 
they all want to they all want to say like oh we divide the work evenly until it becomes difficult and then they're like buffy what should we do and they bitch because they think that she's bossing everybody around and it's just i mean she even says that this episode she's like um no matter how much so that this is really more near the end this is like after they've they fought and they've fallen through the stained glass and they're sitting they fight a little bit and then he's like are you killing me because you opened up to me and which is so rude yeah (laughs) um and then they sit and they're talking more and um she says i don't think i'm better than everybody else but it's because i think i'm better than everybody else and i know that that makes me worse than everybody else you know so it makes sense and i get that logic yeah i was um, gonna say like what do you how do you take her like that that whole thing that she says because i think that's an interesting aspect of her character that she's never vocalized before right well she's talking about how she feels like she doesn't deserve love and about how she feels like she deserves to be punished and about how her entire life like she's she didn't ask for this power she doesn't deserve it it was just given to her and Mm -hmm. so then people look to her for like strength and stuff and she's like i didn't ask for the strength i didn't earn it it was just forced upon me and so it's like you're asking for this strength that is not that I don't even feel attached to necessarily because I didn't want it. And it's like the, I feel attached to it as in, I feel a sense of responsibility over it, mm-hmm. but not, it's not like something I wear with pride. It's like, fuck this again. Yeah. And, and there's nothing that she can do about it, but also, and this is back to like the superiority complex thing. And also like, and also the inferiority complex is like, she can't do anything about it. And hates that she's the Slayer, but also she doesn't want anybody else to be the Slayer because nobody's going to do it the way that she would do it, Yeah, you know? And nobody else is going to... There was... I mean, she was really excited about Faith, and look what happened there. Right. So she has reason to believe these things. But, like, one of the things that she says is, um... Whenever she's talking, oh yeah, she says like no matter, even though they're here and they like love me and they get to know me, they, she like still doesn't feel a connection to them because they don't understand her. Yeah. And, you know, even the people that really love her, like the things that she's done to those people, you know, they're bond. Yeah, she goes like, she's like, you would laugh if you knew some of the things I've done to them. And I'm like, but what about what they've done to you? I don't know. Right. Yeah. She just, she beats herself. And this is just part of her character. And I feel like it just comes with being the slayer. Yeah. Like, you can't have the weight of an entire generation on your shoulders and not, like, hate yourself for the mistakes that you make. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's just really, yeah. Yeah, and it's just really high stakes. And she... And I mean, and and I mean, it's tough when it's like you've been doing this for a certain number of years and you've had all the training that's available to you. Yeah, basically. And and yet your friends still went haywire because you weren't watching her close enough last season, you know? Right, because you were. Because. Because you were fucking Spike, yeah. Yeah, oof. It's tough because, I mean, like, you know, I'm sure she feels. So she feels guilty about Willow going evil, but she also feels like it's not. I'm sure she feels like, in a way, she's like, it's not my fault that I got depressed. 
because you brought right. me back from the dead right yeah it's so and tough it's, yeah and it's like so you brought me back to be responsible for you and to like save yeah, to you like again babysit you like, when I already literally sacrificed my life for you, and now you're calling me back to try and do it all over again? Yeah, and it's like, I know, we've had this You brought this me back just to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've had this discussion before, but it's like, you render this incredibly powerful decision that she made invalid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, like, that's not, that's oversimplifying it, but still, uh... I don't think it is. You don't think so? I mean, so? from... No, I mean, from Buffy's perspective, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this before, you know, it's like, does her sacrifice mean anything because it was taken away from her? And it's like, obviously, yes, but then Buffy feels like it's not. And and then she feels guilty for being back. And it's just a fucking circle. Yeah. And I mean, well, I think she's over a lot of what. Um, OK, sorry. Technical difficulties. As always. Where were we? Oh, we were talking about Buffy and Willow, and she's in the crypt with the psychoanalyst. And, oh, what I was saying, I was talking about how you feel like... You you were saying something about how, like, people don't understand her, and so she, like, thinks they're not worth it in the first place. And she literally says that word for word. And I don't think that that's... I think that's perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. I relate to that with some people. There are some people who are like, okay, okay, like my my experience with depression. Uh-huh. People who are not mentally ill at all and do not have any experience with it, I have a very difficult time relating to them because uh-huh. they haven't been they haven't been through and they don't relate to something that feels quintessential to my life and like my my everyday life, like. It's something I deal with every single day. And, like, for you to be like, well, why don't you do yoga? It's like, bitch, I do do yoga. (laughs) I'm still depressed. I'm still depressed. But thank you for the suggestion. And so it's like, and I I mean, a lot of people feel that way. And and there are people who are not mentally ill at all that feel that way. Like, everybody has things about them that are deal breakers. And, like, for people who can't understand that weight that Buffy carries, like, Riley didn't. Riley was like well I wish it was my weight and Buffy was like the fact that you're saying that means that you don't understand what I'm going through get it yeah and um you know like Angel did and Spike does and like that's why she's drawn to these people and she thought that Riley did she thought that Riley understood the weight because he also led this double life that he does well that's the whole thing at the beginning she's like he would never understand like my life is a slayer, so I can't tell him. And then she finds out he's a part of the initiative, and she's like, "This is perfect." And then she finds out that he's just he's not an asshole, the right guy for her. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, he he's um, it's that- it, it's difficult whenever you've you've become a part of this life by choice. And I mean, even even Xander and Willow, like, yeah, they have a choice, as in they could technically leave Sunnydale and never look back. But also just going to that high school and like helping Buffy with the things. It's one of those. It's one of those like bonded by trauma things. Yeah. That it's like I mean you couldn't in good conscience walk away. Like there's no no matter what somebody did to me if I was like if okay if I knew Buffy 
and Buffy was my friend and I knew what she dealt with and I knew what was out there and like what she fought on a day to day basis. And then if I all of a sudden was like, I can't do it anymore and skip town, I would be haunted by the fact that there's somebody who needs my help that I'm not. uh, Hello. Um, I would be haunted by the fact that there's like there's things to be done. There's work to be done. And I'm one of the few people who knows about it. And I'm not pitching in. And so, like, it's just there's there's certain things that aren't a choice in this show. And, like, Riley chose to be a part of the initiative and was, like, and, like, it took them forever to convince him that he was, like, being poisoned by the initiative, you know, to, like, give them certain powers Uh or whatever the fuck it was. I don't even remember. But... (laughs) Yeah, like, he did it all by choice, and he idolized this this group, and he, like, wanted to be a part of this. Yeah. As opposed to, like, we're a part of this because we cannot live our lives knowing that this is happening and not doing something about it. hmm So, it's different, is what I'm saying. Pretzels are not the same. They are not, are they? <laughs> not in this case. Um, and so she's talking with this dude, and, like... And I get it. I get it so hard that she's like, I think I'm better than everybody, which makes me think that I'm worse than them because I know that other people, like, there are a bunch of people that are walking around being like, I'm equal. I don't know. Does everybody secretly think that they're better than everybody? Um, I definitely think I'm better better than some people. What if you say the majority of people? Does that make you a bad person? I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. I don't know. There's a lot of people in the world. There's a lot of people in the world. But still, like, just based... Like, okay, let's talk about me. I'll put myself in the hot seat. Oh, okay. I'm... Very smart. You are. I'm funny. I'm good at making friends. I have many creative skills that people are always like, Oh my god, that's so cool. And they say that because it is super cool. (laughs) And I've got a dope job, and I do dope shit. And I was just bragging about you today to Patrick. I was mm. like, she's so cool. Wow. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, and like people people that know me and I and I connect with, like, there's none of that there. Like I think that you and I are equals, obviously. <laughs> but there's a lot I think that like if you got a random sample of a hundred people, I would be in at least the top twenty five percentile. As far as, like, as far as being a good person, I pick up litter, I give money to homeless people, I'm very kind, I don't shout at people, like, I do, I do the things that, like, if this was the good place, I would have gotten into the good place, just based on, like, mm, isn't that the question, so, um, (laughs) yeah, but, like, just based on, like, genetics and privilege, emphasis on privilege like i obviously started a little further up the ladder just based on like my parents and where i grew up yada 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 Mm -hmm. but i still think that i'm i'm better than most people and you know i didn't used to until i started riding public transport and then i was like wow no yeah people that'll do it yeah when you really get exposed to, like, a mass of people, mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, there are some fucking idiots out there. And it's not everybody. That is not what I'm saying. But idiots, it, um, um, a crowd of people brings out the idiocy in all of us. Yeah. And it's just about 
everybody's caught with their pants down on public transport (laughs) because you're fucking shoving each other and it's like wow am i really gonna cut this line and then before you know it you've cut the entire line and you're like oh no i'm that guy so it's just about how much idiocy and cruelty that you have inside you and i do think that i have less than most people Mm, that's good but but i feel the same thing where some some days i'm like i'm such a piece of shit how am i literally walking around thinking i'm better than everybody when i've had all the privileges in the world and like like name a privilege i've got it other than the fact that i am a female presenting woman like that's you're not straight i'm not straight am i but still like yeah no no i mean that's still like white white cis gays are like still way up there especially when i don't i don't look gay like people always think i'm straight yeah so yeah it's just like yeah so i have those days where i'm like how could you possibly be walking around thinking that you're better than these people when you don't know their stories yeah but anyway what i'm saying is that i relate to buffy and i think i think it's very common especially for artistic people to think that you're the shit and to also think that you're the fucking worst. Mm. Because I think that's where a lot of art is driven from. And we've all got our conflicts, you know? Yeah. We've got our beasts to bear. Truly. Yeah. Anyway, enough about me. Um, then they fight. Then they fight and... Um, oh, oh, wait, no. He realizes something. He says, I'm going to ask you a question. Well, and if I guess said, right... he's like... He's like, he says something that kind of sets her off. And she's like, vampires, you are all the same. Love and death and sex and life, it's all the same to you. And he's like, well, we talk about, God, he says, so we talk about nailing girls. Yeah, he said, it's not a vampire thing, it's a guy thing. And she was like, no, trust me, it's a vampire thing. And then he's like, holy shit. He's like, wait. You fucked a vampire. And um, and she's also been talking extensively about this relationship before he realizes that uh-huh. it's a vampire. So that just adds this whole another level to it. Mm-hmm. And then whenever they're about to fight and, like, do it for real, do it to the death, and they're, like, kind of saying their goodbyes, and then she accidentally says Spike, and she, like, says his name. Or, and I don't even know if it's an accident. She might... Well, what you know did she how, like, say? What did she say? I can't even remember I don't the know. exact... you'd have to look it up but like it's not i don't even know if she was necessarily doing it on purpose like like okay like if i'm talking about you to somebody i just go oh yeah my friend went to school for journalism and then she went to art journalism at syracuse i don't say like oh my friend beth like it's just not completely relevant unless unless they know me there's no point right and you know not all vampires know each other hashtag not all vampires (laughs) so um yeah, so he she like says something and then he's like, "Wait, Spike?" and then it cuts away. Yeah. Um and then Spike meanwhile has been walking and talking with a young lady. To a lady. This whole time lady. he has not a line. He's so good. I love his face. I know James Marsters face. Mm. He's so chiseled. Chef's God. kiss. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Um yeah oh man there's some other really good stuff she says the thing is he loved me and i didn't want to be loved nobody's opinion she said even though these people love me their opinions don't even matter about me because i'm 
because I'm a supernatural being. How does that not go to your head? And that's what the dude even says. He says, how could you not be doing this for seven years and yeah. be like, wow, I've saved the world how many times? It's a great you know? point. Yeah. He's um, a good therapist. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, and then it cuts, it cuts, it cuts, and then it cuts back and Spike, or sorry, Webster tells Buffy that Spike sired him. And yeah. Buffy's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Because he has his soul back. Mm-hmm. So how is he going to be going around creating fresh new vampires? This is a recent kill. Also, he has a chip. He does have a chip. How could he bite a human being? Well, is he punishing himself, mayhaps? Is he mayhaps. saying, I'm going to do it because it hurts? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. He couldn't, um, he couldn't even punch someone without screaming. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know. I, know. I literally do, but... <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, and then know. it cuts to, so it like, it gets dropped that Spike has recently turned somebody into a vampire and that's fucked up. And then it cuts to all the other stories again. And then it cuts back to a puff of dust. And so Buffy won the fight. Yeah. And so you don't actually see it, her, which I thought was a really nice effect. Her very like, her mind is clearly somewhere else because she's just standing there with a stake and there's a cloud of dust around her. And so you're right. like, oh, she is thinking... Yeah. Yeah. And then after it cuts from Buffy thinking in the cloud of dust, it cuts to um, Spike eating that girl. Yep. He ate her good. He ate her good and proper. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's honestly, like, I'd say let's talk about Spike, but there's really not that much to say. He, like, kind of runs this ruse with this woman. He's, like, at a bar alone. She's at the bar alone. Yeah. She comes up to him and offers him a cigarette, and then there's no words in his entire plot line, which is another really interesting choice, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and also, I think it's interesting because Spike's all talk. Yeah. Like, that's his thing. He's got the riffs. He's got the English-isms and, like, all the things that he does, and he's so clever and witty, and he's the comedic relief in a lot of episodes and yeah. a lot of instances. Well, that's anyway. why they kept him... Um because when Cordelia left, mm, mm-hmm. he was like the the foil. He's the snark. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he's like just kind of, he's all somber and beautiful. And she's like, hey, baby, want to go for a ride? And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then he goes back to her house. And then she like, they do this all through body language, but she invites him up. And then he steps away. And then she like leans in to kiss him. And then he eats her. Yep. And then she's dead. She dies. She dies. So, um, uh, so that's super interesting. So. The trio. Last, but also least. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, luckily there's not a whole lot to talk about. So they're, though. Yeah, so Andrew we're, we're and Jonathan up in time. are back from Mexico. Back from Mexico. And they're, um, it eats a little you playfully racist. They're yeah. a little playfully racist. They're like, I don't like Mexico. Everybody there spoke Mexicoan. I know. And, and it's I'm like, like I'm sorry, what? Stupid. No, I they're promise, not that stupid. Andrew, you are not that stupid. No. And so they're 
yeah, they're just being a lightly racist the entire time. And they their plan is to go back to Sunnydale. Oh, they've been having nightmares. That's what it is. And in the nightmare, they keep seeing from beneath you it devours. But they're hearing it in Spanish, apparently, which is the cause of the translation. That's what happens. If you go to Mexico, you dream in Spanish. That's true. I've been to 16, uh, 16 countries, and I've... Now I dream in all sorts of languages. Wow. Every night. It's yeah. like um, Tower of Babel over here. Mm-hmm. So they, their plan is to come back to Sunnydale and to do something heroic in order to have Buffy, in order to be able to come back from Mexico and not be turned into the police. Because yeah. they know that if Buffy finds out that they're back, then she will be hot on their trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go to the school, they follow a map, mm-hmm. um, and then once they're inside the school, then you see Warren. Yeah. And, but at this point you've been seeing a lot of dead people, and so you're like, oh, fuck, I know what's going on here. Yeah. And Warren, air quotes, is like, hey, Andrew, you're doing great, man. Just stick with me. He's, he's and is the Chris like, Jenner of this operation. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great, sweetie. But he's also like, they play this very interestingly. Like, because Warren is being really warm and fond. And he was when he was alive, too. Yeah. Like, he, and I mean, I guess he was just taking advantage of Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Is that all this is? Like, Mm -hmm. it's all... It has nothing to do with, like, subtext, but Mm -hmm. it's just Warren being an asshole. But, so he's, like, telling Andrew, you know, hey, stick with me, and then, like, you and me, like, we're gonna kill it. And so, basically, you kind of infer that Warren, who is obviously not Warren, but Warren is telling Andrew, like, yo, I've got some info on the other side, and if you do this, and if you kill a body on this seal, then I'll be able to come back, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And, um, so they, there's all these cute little moments. There's some funny, that she, he's like, um, he's like, we're gonna find the seal, and then we're gonna show Buffy it, and then we're gonna join the gang, and maybe even hang out at her house. <laughs> and there's all these, like, cute little jokes like that about how they, you know, at the end of the day, they're just nerds. And yeah. that's like, you know, I think that's part of their charm. Is that I, at like, the end of the day, I like how Jonathan losers. says in the car, he's like, last time we came here, 33.3 bar percent of us were flayed alive. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> good line, too. 33.3 bar. That's adorable. Yeah. So they are down in the basement and they're kind of wandering and Jonathan's like, I feel like we're going in circles. And then uh, Andrew looks over and standing in front of a door that says like restricted access is Warren who is standing so scarily. Yeah. They're doing a good job with the horror this, Mm -hmm. um, this season so far. And um, he's standing there and he's looking at Andrew and Andrew's like, it's in there. And Jonathan's like, are you sure? And Andrew's like, yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely sure. And so he, like, goes to the door, and they start digging, and they uncover this big seal. Like, I mean, as big as a person, right? A yeah. Jonathan-sized person. <laughs> Which and, is not a um, huge. It's not huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, sorry. And then in the hallway, whenever we first see Warren, he's like, hey, man, if Jonathan follows through on this, then, like, you and me, we're going to be gods. Together forever. So you like, like you don't see leave the, like me. I hate it when you leave me. 
Yeah. Oh. Andrew says that. And um, so Look you kind of get an idea that's like... murderer. Ah, uh, that's okay. I feel bad for a lot of murderers in this show. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. This really is the season of just, you know, everyone... Hasn't everyone killed someone? Hasn't... Haven't you killed somebody before? So, um... So you get the hint that, like, Andrew and Warren are plotting against Jonathan again from beyond the grave. And, um, and so they go down there and they find this seal. And then whenever they're man and Jonathan has like a, a a sweet ending moment too. They end him on like, like this is who Jonathan was, you know, like despite all else, like don't forget this. And so Jonathan's talking about, he's like, man, being back in the old high school, it makes me miss it. And he says, all those people, like, the people that knew my name, the people that didn't even know I existed, like, I miss them. I miss all of it. I wonder what they're doing. And And Andrew Andrew, is trying to, because Andrew knows what he's going to do. Yeah. Andrew's trying not to feel bad about this. So he's like, no one misses you. None of them are thinking about you. And... And, and um, Jonathan just goes, he's like, they don't care about you. And Jonathan just goes, well, I care about them. And yeah. uh, beyond, uh, besides the um, class protector speech, this may be, this is the second time uh, Danny Strong has made me cry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man, that's his name. I saw his name somewhere else recently. He and does I was a lot. like, he's like, he's like an A-lister now in the writing no. world, at least. Right, right. I know. And I saw his name somewhere and I was like, is, didn't he create Robot Chicken? And then I was like, fuck, no, what is going on Seth in my Green. head? Seth Green I know, created. I know. And then I was like, wait, no, that was Oz that made Robot Chicken. And then I was like, then who's Danny Strong? And I just couldn't get to it in time. It's all coming back to me now. I don't even remember where I saw his name, though. Um... So, anyway, then Andrew stabs him, and Jonathan is like, what the fuck? And then he falls, and he bleeds out on the seal, and the seal, like, kind of starts glowing, or maybe that was just me? I thought it glowed. Yeah, the fakest-looking blood this show has ever produced. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, was pretty bad. It did not look like real blood. Also, I'm pretty sure just a single stab wound in the gut doesn't provide that much blood. Maybe it went all the way through. Maybe it did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jonathan's blood on the seal has activated it somehow, and um, and he's dead. And he's dead. It's he really is really sad to me. That is very sad. Like I miss him. Already, we just saw him. I miss him. Oh, I miss Jonathan. That's all right. Maybe maybe the bad guy will take his form, and then you'll see him again. I'm pretty sure that does happen. Hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. Mm. So, um, yeah. And so that's the end of the, and then the end of the episode is like Jonathan activating the seal and then Dawn alone on the floor. Oh, Dawn alone on the floor. Whenever she realizes that like this was kind of all for nothing. Yeah. Because she just got terrible news. Yeah. And now that's going to affect it because she's not going to tell anybody what Joyce said. Yeah. Because, and then she's going to like make Buffy turn against her. It's like a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy is all. And so, um, yeah. And then it cuts to Buffy and the cloud of dust. And then Spike kills the girl. 
Ooh, and we are coming up on an hour 30, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Oh I give goodness. it a 10. Yeah, me too. I mean, there's no reason that it didn't earn it. The beginning is strong. The ending is strong. Everything in the middle is strong and in character. It was smart to break things up, yeah. I think. That was really smart. And there was no Xander. There was no Xander and Anya. No which Xander. Have, yeah, or no been, Anya. Yeah, they've just been getting on my nerves recently. I just, it's not that I hate them, it's that I needed a break. Yeah. Sometimes you need a break from people. It, you just need a break. I just needed a break. So, yeah, there's just really, this episode is, um, it's fucking tight. Mm-hmm. It's tight. There's not a lot of wiggle room here, so. That's yeah. that. And I feel like all of our opinions have been shared. <laughs> yep. And I'm, I, you know, if we weren't doing this podcast, I'd watch the next one right now. Hell yeah. But I would forget it by next week, so. <laughs> I don't even remember what the next problem. one is. I've just been so excited for this one. It's, um, I saw something. Anya's back in it. Anya is the screen grab and she's holding a, a stake. But, hmm. uh, yeah, I'm super psyched. This seems like it's going to be a really creative season. Eee. And I'm excited for the horrors to come. Hey, hey, Caroline. Hey, hey, Beth. Did you know that Teddy Geiger wrote Where Did Broken Hearts Go? Who is Teddy Geiger? Oh, my gosh. She... Where did broken hearts go? She was a, um... Uh, well, she used to uh, identify as male. And where you would probably know her from is from her song For You, I Will. It's like, you only want what you can't have, but I've got to try. Um, I think oh, that's I confidence. Much- yeah, it's called For You I Will, parentheses, confidence. I would definitely, I definitely recognize her from the One Direction song. But, so, she... What does she have to do with Buffy? She doesn't. Um, oh my god. I was just looking at her Wikipedia page because she um, she is engaged to an actress on Schitt's Creek. Anyway. and so I, I have was, no idea what to do with this information. I was looking at her writing credits because I know she wrote like all of um, Sean Mendes' new album. She wrote all of it? Sean. Like co-wrote with him. They're like best friends. Oh, um, that's okay then. And apparently she wrote Where Do Broken Hearts Go? And also Little Black Dress, which Midnight Memories is my least favorite One Direction album. So I don't care about that. Wow, really? Yeah. That's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother topic. Instead of doing Harry Potter episodes, we'll do One Direction episodes. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. We have a Twitter. It's Buffy underscore speak. Um, You can follow it to find updates about us and... Buffy and apparently Teddy Geiger. So I'll keep you abreast of all the Teddy Geiger news. And um, we'll talk to you next week when we watch an episode that we don't know about yet. Bye. Cool.